In today's show, we look ahead to Tuesday in the NBA, all of the games, the streaming options, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we're here to look ahead to the action from, well, the action for Tuesday, what's happening with players in and out and who we're streaming in. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, the first game is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic. The Bucks are seven and a half point favorites here. No one at the moment is listed out for either team. We know that um, Wes Matthews is going to be questionable for Milwaukee. Middleton should return. While for Orlando, Wendell Carter left last game, late scratch actually before the game. Um, Gary Harris was out last game and Admiral Schofield left during the game. So their status is up in the air. For Milwaukee, we do want to watch Bobby Portis because things are trending in the wrong direction for Portis. I am finding it hard to look at him as a must-roster guy. You can obviously have him for a day like this and when their schedule makes sense, it makes sense to have him. But on a pure per-game basis situation for Portis, he's not a must-roster guy. We also want to watch Chris Middleton. I don't think we're going to get 30 minutes out of him. Last time we saw him, we got 27 minutes, so that's encouraging. Is he going to stick there? Is he going to push to 30? Where are we at with Middleton's minutes? And for the Magic, if Gary Harris is out, or even if Gary is back, what do they do with Jalen Suggs? Because Suggs started last game and played tons of minutes, played more than Cole Anthony. Will they persist with a Suggs and Fultz combo? Will Harris go back into that um, starting lineup and Suggs moves back to a bench role? Is he actually streamable even if he does start Jalen Suggs? A lot of questions to answer there. The other one we want to watch is Mo Wagner, who would likely be the starting center again if Wendell is out. And he would make a really strong stream. So watching his value is something that we do need to pay attention to. The next game is a back-to-back for Detroit. It is Washington in Detroit. I believe this is the rescheduled game. If it's not, it must be pretty close to it. Monte Morris, we assume he is going to be out. For Washington, though, Kyle Kuzma missed last game. We don't know his status. And for Detroit, well, it's going to be lots of things, isn't it? Because they've got a bunch of players out for the game on Monday, and their status remains up in the air. Killian Hayes is out. Jalen Duran is out. Boyan Bogdanovich is out. Isaiah Stewart is out. Rodney Magruder is out. And Jim Wiseman is questionable for Monday. So the status of all of those guys has got to be up in the air for Tuesday, which means there can be streaming options, but who they are, we we just don't know. For the Washington side, I do want to watch Corey Kispert because he is a really strong three-point shooter. He does that really well. Provides really good threes. And he had really good minutes last game, 36 minutes, and he's had 30 in the last two games. And if Kuzma is out and Morris is out, it does help Kispert. He's not a must-roster guy, but his three-point streaming can be useful in that situation. I also want to watch Dan Gafford because you know, minutes are all over the place. 31, 34, 31, 22, 24, the last two games. It's not really to do with Kuzma being there or not because some of the big games, Kuzma's there. Some of the big games, Kuzma's out and vice versa. 
So watching Gafford's minutes, I think he's a hold because they do have a pretty strong schedule here. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday they play, so three games in the next four nights. Um, but those minutes could be a little bit frustrating for him. And for Detroit, well, we just need to see who's in and who's out before we work out where the streaming options are because they have the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday combination here, Detroit. So if you can get someone like a Diallo or maybe it is an Alec Burks, but I'm not sure he plays all three games, or it is Marvin Bagley the third. One of those guys could have value across those um, three games in four nights. The next game we look at is the Sixers and the Wizards. The Philadelphia Sixers, the Philadelphia Sixers, that sounds rough. The Philadelphia 76ers are on a back-to-back here. Towns is going to be out. <clears throat> in terms of Philadelphia, I do expect that Tobias Harris and PJ Tucker do sit on Monday, meaning they should be available for Tuesday, but I don't know that yet. So they're the ones that we need to watch to see whether they're available. Then there's Jalen Noel in Minnesota and Austin Rivers, who are both questionable with um, their respective neck and also knee and neck injuries. For the Wolves, Kyle Anderson's still available everywhere. Now, they only have a two-game week here in Minnesota, but they play Tuesday, Friday. So there's two games in the next four nights, which is not a disaster-type schedule. They just don't play on the weekend. So make sure Kyle Anderson is on a roster, especially for Tuesday's action, and he sh- his role should be relatively strong again with no Kyle Anthony Townsend. And the other guy to watch for deeper leagues is Nikhil Alexander-Walker. 20 minutes in four of the last five games. Injuries to Noel and Rivers, but he's outplaying those guys. He's outplaying Jordan McLaughlin. And he is, at, last game was really strong as well. That's just a deeper league situation, but you need to pay attention to that in deeper leagues. That's how the deeper leagues work. Hornets and Knicks. The Knicks are nine and a half point favorites here. Cody Martin remains out for Charlotte, whereas the one that we're waiting on is the burner, Jalen Brunson in New York, who missed the last game. We know what happens if he's out. Quickly starts and gets big minutes. Josh Hart gets a boost. RJ Barrett gets a boost. Quentin Grimes gets a little bit of a boost. But at this point, uh, Brunson is officially questionable. For Charlotte, I do want to watch PJ Washington Jr., his minutes, his shooting, but also how he impacts guys like Mark Williams because he played 36 minutes last game, PJ, and Williams went down to 24 while Richards played only nine. So they went small with PJ at center. Let's hope that's not a recurring trend, but... We saw it, and we need to watch to see if it happens again. I also want to watch Dennis Smith Jr., who played 27 minutes in that smaller lineup. Um, 27 minutes is more than enough for Smith to be a 12-team league guy, and he had a really strong game, but his role and his playing time is something to pay attention to. For the Knicks, Emmanuel quickly played 55 minutes last game, and he played 22 in each of the prior two games. 22 minutes for him is fringy. Like It's, it's fine, but it's fringy. So what do they use him with? 30 minutes? 22 minutes. Big differences. So we look at that big game with Brunson out, and it was huge. But where does he fit if Brunson's back? What role do they give him? And the same goes with Josh Hart, who has played 30 minutes the last two games, but had struggled prior to that. He's still sort of sitting as a fringy sort of guy. I still think we want to roster him, but he is sitting at, at this point as a fringe player. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You're not going to find a better tasting protein bar. These taste like candy bars. In fact, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, but they're high in protein, low in calories, low in carbs, low in sugar, and it just tastes like a treat, but you're doing something good for your body. We love getting that protein in after a workout or as a fulfilling snack. That's what Built Bar brings. Now, I've told you in the past, you can go to Built.com and you can order those Built Bars easy. You can still do that, but you can also go to Walmart now because in the pharmacy section at the supplements stand, you will find them there in four-bar boxes in coconut puff, cookies and cream, and double chocolate. As Sam's Club, they've got 13 bar boxes in the churro flavor or the brownie batter flavor. So go to Built.com, but also go to Walmart or go to Sam's Club. Get them straight off the shelf. Built Bar is built different. Nets and Rockets is the next game we're going to take a look at here. 
The Nets are seven and a half point favorites on the road. Ben Simmons is out. Uh, they took Edmund Sumner off the injury report, so he should be available to play. Not that he's necessarily going to play anyway. While Nerlens Noel also wasn't on the injury report, I wonder if he gets any backup minutes on the two-way or sorry, the ten-day contract that he signed. Houston's injury-free at the moment. I do want to watch Dorian Finney-Smith because minutes for him have pushed up a little bit. He had a stage where he had like twenty-nine and nineteen, but thirty-eight and thirty-three the last two games. That brings him at least into the defensive stats streaming territory with some threes. He's not going to be for everybody, but those stronger minutes do help him out. And we also want to watch Mikael Bridges, who's playing just a million minutes, 41 minutes against the Hornets. We know that he's a big minute guy usually, and he's shooting the lights out. There is going to be regression because he's hitting like every mid-range shot in the world. I think he's at 48% from three or something since joining Brooklyn. So it is going to drop off, but watching what his load is and watching how that efficiency settles in is important for valuing him this season, but also next season. For the Houston Rockets, we want to watch Jabari Smith Jr. Because he's just been bad, and I haven't really seen anything to suggest that he is a 12-team league player at this point. The minutes are dropping. They're playing Tari Eason more minutes, amazingly, um, because Eason's been better. But can Smith do something that would justify us holding? I, I don't think so. I don't think we need to hold, but you know, let's watch that. And we also watch Tari Eason, because Eason, another night of big minutes, 30 plus or 30 minutes in three of the last four games. He's going to have issues at times with efficiency. But we know there's steals and rebounds, and he gets some blocks, and he can score, and he's a high-usage player. And we are finally seeing him play at the three versus exclusively playing as a backup four. So he's a clear, clear must-roster player. The Warriors and the Thunder is the next game that we take a look at. The Warriors are four-and-a-half-point favorites here. I'm not expecting Andrew Wiggins to play with his personal issue. Gary Payton will be out, and Alexei Pokyshevsky is out for the Thunder. This is the first of a back-to-back for OKC. I'm expecting that Shea Gildas-Alexander plays, but we haven't heard anything either way on that one. For the Warriors, Jordan Poole really struggled in his first game coming off the bench with Steph Curry back. That had been a pattern for him for most of this season, so we want to see how he adapts in the second game here without Steph. Also want to watch Johnny Kaminga because he played only 13 minutes last game after having 32, 29, 25, 27 in the prior games. They went to Anthony Lamb, whose two-way contract is is done. He can't play unless they sign him to a new contract. So there's going to be Lamb's minutes available for Kaminga. So does he push back to 20 plus? I would have to think he probably does, at least putting him back into the streaming territory. For the Thunder, we do want to watch Shea and see what they do with his playing time because we heard they were going to limit him and he played 37 minutes last game. So what does that limitation actually mean? Or is it not something that's going to happen? So we want to see what happens there to Shea. We also want to watch um, the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Now he is shooting the absolute lights out at the moment. That is going to drop. His steal rate is through the roof. His assist numbers are up. Everything is sky high. It is going to drop. But one thing we know about him is his role is secure. And I think the role in terms of usage might actually be on the increase. And we're seeing a lot of that from him, which is great. It's just some of the efficiency stuff I think we're going to see drop off. But let's see. Does he profile as the number two usage guy ahead of Dort, ahead of Giddy, behind Shea? That's probably the next step for him. Um, just looking at the Bucks have just submitted an injury report. Drew is actually on it with neck soreness. He is questionable with neck soreness. Wes Matthews is out. Goran Dragic is out. And Giannis is probable. So that just came through. The Jazz and the Mavs. No spread or total out for this one. We did hear that Colin Sexton is out at least another week with um, his hamstring injury. 
Larry Markinen dealing with that back problem that caused him to miss a game across the weekend. He is in and ready to go, so that's great news. And then for Dallas, Muxy Kleber missed last game without hamstring soreness, so he is officially questionable to play. His absence or presence, Kleber, has a big impact on what Christian Wood can do. For the Jazz, with Sexton out, we're really interested to see what Chris Dunn can do. He outplayed Horton Tucker last game. Um, whether that continues, who knows? But I think both guys do actually have 12-team league value. And we saw um, really strong stuff from Chris Dunn at the moment. And I'm really interested to see how they use him. Will they give him more minutes over Horton Tucker? And then um, Agbaji, who played as a starter over with Markin and out. He'll likely go back to the bench. I don't love his fantasy game, as you've heard me say many times. But it was a few glimpses in that game against the Thunder last time out that made me want to just have a look and see what we get. For the Mavs, it's about Christian Wood. It's about his minutes. Is he a 22 guy without Kleber and 18 with Kleber? That's possible, right? An 18 Christian Wood probably isn't worth the 12-team roster spot, but we want to see that. And then also Reggie Bullock. Him and Tim Hardaway are pretty strong three-point streamers. They're not going to offer too much else, but they can give you four to five threes pretty comfortably. So we want to see their role and what they're able to produce. Grizzlies and Lakers. We know that Steven Adams is unlikely to play. He is doubtful. Ja Morant will be out. LeBron James will be out. And then there is um, Jake LaRavia also questionable. But for the Lakers, the big one is going to be D'Angelo Russell. Is this the game that he returns in? And we had Mo Bamba hurt his ankle last game also. For the Grizzlies, another opportunity for you use Xavier T. Illman. They don't have any other centers with Brandon Clark out. So Tillman is going to probably get pretty good minutes here against the Lakers. The last time they played the Lakers, he had 33 minutes. So he's a very, very good stream option here. I want to see what they do with Luke Kennard because Dylan Brooks was suspended last game, so he'll be back in action for this one. With the absence of Morant, Tyus Jones is going to start. They didn't play Kennedy Chandler over the weekend, so are they going to run with uh, Luke Kennard as their backup point guy? Which, if they are, that boosts Kennard's minutes. Instead of playing 20 minutes, this can be he'd be a 25 or 26 guy, which raises the intrigue in his value. For the Lakers, Austin Reeves has been playing well. We will see whether D'Angelo Russell's return has any impact on Reeves. For now, he is a stream option. I'm more interested in Reeves than I am in Troy Brown, who's also been playing well. But the Russell thing is going to have an impact there. And I also want to watch Jared Vanderbilt, whose minutes are a little bit all over the place. 29, 23, 32, 24 in the last four games. We know what he does, though. He's rebound, steals, field goals. Don't expect anything else, and he won't be disappointed. Whether he plays 24 or 28, he's probably going to provide enough value in those categories to mean something for your squad. But we obviously need to pay a little bit of attention to see if there's any elevation coming in his game. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fangio. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. We go and have a look at the games for Monday. We've got the Hawks as two-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Miami Heat. Hmm. Don't, I don't know. I, th- I think the Hawks have a chance of getting that upset there. I don't know. We will find out. And by the time you listen to this, you might actually know the answer there. But Fangel also lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fangel.com slash locked on. That's fangel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fangel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's look at some back to back streaming. Um, here for 
the back-to-back on Tuesday, Wednesday. We've got the Mavs, we've got the Wizards, and the Thunder, who do have that back-to-back. So if you're looking for a Tuesday-Wednesday combo, they're the teams that you're attacking there. So Bullock and Hardaway and Gafford and Wright and Avdia and Kispert. And uh, in OKC, it's uh, Isaiah Joe, if Shea is out, and Pig Williams in there, and Dario Sharic is an option there also. If we're just streaming in Tuesday for category leagues, some names here that are available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues. Delon Wright, Xavier T. Ilman, these are must-roster players, as well as Dante DiVincenzo and Tyus Jones. Absolute, no, well, so is Kyle Anderson, actually. In fact, so is Daniel Gafford. The top six names there should not be sitting on waiver wires, and if they are, go on at them. Taylor Horton Tucker slash Chris Dunn are also pretty strong ads, I think, for at least this game, if not further for the rest of the week. And then Tari Eason also shouldn't be sitting on waiver wires, but all those guys are available in a lot of different spots. For deeper leagues, these guys are available in 90% plus. You've got the Pig Williams, Joshy Green, who's starting but not producing much. Torian Prince, Reggie Bullock, Troy Brown, and Brown's value does increase if Russell is out. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's available everywhere, uh, Dwight Powell, and Nick Richards. For points league streaming, um, all of these guys are really strong options. Tillman, Tyus Jones, Horton Tucker, DeLon Wright, Tari Eason, DiVincenzo, Kyle Anderson, and Cole Anthony as well. And if you look for the next four days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all of those are streaming option days. We don't get our high volume day until Saturday. So these are all streaming days here. So we look at Tyus Jones, who's got two games in the next four nights. Absolute, easy, no-brainer, must-roster player. All eight of these names on this list are, I think, top 100 per-game players over the next four days. You've got Delon Wright, who happens to have three games in four nights. You've got Tari Eason, who's got two games there. Kyle Anderson's got two. Again, only a two-game week for the Wolves, but Anderson has two games in the next four nights. Dan Gafford has three games. Horton Tucker has two. Tillman has two. And KCP also has two games over the next four nights yet. He's available in like 45% of leagues. So you probably want to go and grab him in that scenario. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.